football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast, reacting to, unfortunately, a loss to the Golden State Warriors at home on Thursday night in prime time. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good opportunity for Jokic to sort of follow through on the national chatter of his most valuable player candidacy while the world is watching, or at least has the ability uh, to watch. And things just didn't go as planned at the end of 48 minutes. It was 113-102. The Nuggets uh, unable to turn a four-game win streak into a five-game win streak. Not the end of the world, um, but the Nuggets just didn't have it, especially down the the back stretch of this basketball game. It looked like a group who had played four games in five nights. I mean, that's that's what it looked like. Um, now, you know, we, we got to be careful here of our um, uh, analysis uh, because you know two things can be true at, at the same time. Um, you know, did the Nuggets look like a a tired unit? Did they look gassed? down the back stretch uh, of the game. They sure did. Uh, did they have an opportunity and a poised uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a position poised to win? Yeah, uh, I think that is also true. And they, and they could have won this basketball game. Uh, and, and I don't really want to hear anything else um, that, you know, they, they, it was just all circumstances working against them. No, they were up 14 points in the third quarter. This was a game that they could have won. They just didn't. And it was a game that Steph Curry played really, really well, uh, made five three-pointers, was, you know, 50%, better than 50% from the field. He finishes with 34 points. Uh, and it was it was a Steph Curry show, man. Uh, made a lot of tough shots. And, 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 you know, let's just zoom out of the game here just for a second. You, you know, obviously, we wanted, uh, from a Nuggets standpoint, you wanted uh, Denver to win that game for sure. But... Uh, Steph Curry did, from a basketball standpoint, surpass 20,000 points in his career. So that is, gosh, you're talking about a feather in your cap. 20,000, that's significant. And you consider you know, how much uh, meat is still on that bone. He's 33 years old. He could probably play for another half a decade. Uh, so who knows what it's going to look like before it's all said and done. But Curry came into Denver and did his thing. He came into Denver and did his thing. And... Uh, and and Clay Thompson, you know, didn't play great at all, um, you know, but he made a couple threes and you had, uh, you know, some significant contributions from Kaminga, you know, coming off the bench. I thought he played well, played with great spirit. Um, he, he, I, he, he's 
he's he's got something to him. He's got something to him, uh, Kaminga. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his spirit uh, when he's out on the floor. He's a young player. I think he's just not. I think he's 19. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, where did he uh, come from? I'm trying to remember where he came out of. Ah, it's not coming to me right now. Um, but uh, he played well. Jordan Poole played well for sure. Hit big shot down the stretch of that game. And um, look, um, things had been things had been had been really good. Uh, for uh, the Denver Nuggets here in the last two weeks, right? We talked about them winning four in a row. They had gone 12-2 and uh, over 14 consecutive games. Uh, That's terrific. That's terrific. Um, And you're not going to win them all, right? Uh, But when you're in a position to win, uh, you want to close those games. And being up 14 points in the third quarter, there was opportunity there. They They just didn't close. And again... There was a group that looked like uh, they were gassed, and Jokic in particular. Jokic did not play great. Um, he had a, a fast start to the game, those who watched it, um, on national television on Thursday night. Uh, that first quarter, I forget how many points he had after the first quarter, but it was probably you know 8, uh, 10 uh, after the first uh, stint there. Um, but he could just not get it going from 3, and in the second half of the game, I believe he only made 2 baskets in the entire second half. Um, really, it was hard to watch from three. Uh, he was zero for eight. All of them, uh, I thought, or or most of them, I'd have to go back. I did not rewatch it, but uh, just off memory, most of them were good looks, clean looks, all from near the top of the key. Um, no side threes. They were all right there from the top and just a, a little bit extended there. Um, and he just he just couldn't hit. Uh, didn't get to the free throw line a ton. Uh, shot under fifty percent. Uh, wasn't the same sort of beast incarnate on the glass. You know, that being said, and this is where we're at with Nicola, you know, you're one of shy of a triple-double, and we're talking about him not playing well. But, of course, we're, we're measuring him up to the standard that he has himself set for us. Uh, and it just wasn't good enough. Um, his running mate, Aaron Gordon, um, I thought really struggled. Um, Gordon needs to reset himself. AG needs to reset himself and get back totally uh, to basics. I saw him take a three-pointer in transition, ill-advised. Um, you know, it's just not n- n- not ideal. Uh, he was one of three from three. He's coming off a game where he was 0 for 5 from three. Uh, he was coming off a game before that where he didn't th- hit a three. Uh, the game before that against the Pelicans last weekend, he was 0 for 5 from three. The game before that against the Rockets, he was 0 for 1 from three. And the game before that in that upset loss to the Thunder, he was 1 for 7. Uh, from three. So a, a really just the, the month of March and the five games that we have, uh, Gordon has really struggled. Uh, he is shooting uh, under 10% uh, from three, which isn't hard to believe after we just comb through his, his game log. Uh, he's got to get back to basics. Uh, be a great defender, run the floor, br- be a great athlete, play without the basketball, uh, rebound on both ends of the floor, um, and just do those things that you can control every night. Uh, but he's uh, in a bit of a funk here. Uh, in fact, we have not seen Gordon shoot um, shoot the ball well at all. I mean, from the floor, he's shooting about 40% in the month of March. Um, it's it just got to be better. It's just got to be better. And I think that just focusing on uh, the right things for AG, that should correct itself. Uh, but a tough, tough couple weeks uh, for Aaron Gordon um, after, on the whole, uh, playing really, really well 
uh, this season. Uh, I thought Monty Morris played well. Uh, he finished with 19 points. I thought he was big down um, in the second half of that game. You know, the two-man game between uh, Monte and Jokic continues to evolve. Um, I don't think that anyone would ever, you know, um, mistake it for Jamal and Jokic, uh, for how great that tandem was uh, for as as long as uh, uh, they had been working together. Um, but, man, this is – it's almost like the second cousin of that. Uh, we're seeing here in recent weeks uh, – that be a really bright spot, uh, the two-man game from Monte. And I thought Monte was uh, was really good uh, on Thursday night. Uh, the Nuggets just uh, weren't good enough. You know, they shoot 22% from three. That is uh, not ideal. <laughs> that is not ideal. The person who shot it best from three was uh, Monte. He went three for five. No one else made more than one. Um, and, of course, highlighted by Jokic's um, 0 for 8. Uh, Austin Rivers, 0 for 4. Um, DeMarcus 0 for 1, uh, J. Mike 0 for 1, um, Bones 1 for 3, uh, although Bones uh, early in that game was was fun to watch. He actually hit Kaminga, Bones did. It was an unsettled transition, um, like downhill opportunity. And he's got the ball on the left side of the floor, and he hit Kaminga with an inside-out hand exchange with his left and he just sort of leaned into it right and whipped it back and showed an incredible burst and completely lost Kaminga and finished with no offhand. Uh, it was, you know, kind of got the, the Nuggets fans that were in Ball Arena uh, pretty excited. Uh, it was a good looking move there. Um, and by the way, you know, it, it, I know this just sort of is what it is. It's a sidebar, but, you know, the amount of Warriors fans that were packed into Ball Arena on Thursday night, man. I'm not. I'm not shocked. Okay, I've been there um, half a dozen times myself when the Warriors are in town, and it just sort of is what it is. Um, but gosh, man, it's like it's national TV, and you got the reigning MVP, and it sounds like a home game. It sounds like it was played in the Bay. Um, but the 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 handful of times that uh, the hometown crowd did get fired up, that Bones play uh, certainly did that. Uh, just didn't uh, didn't didn't have enough plays. Like that. So all in all, the Nuggets lose. Not the end of the world, but I will say um, the importance of Saturday's game against Toronto at home now has new importance. Uh, we'll look ahead to the schedule here in in just a second. Um, there was a thought um, online, and you know, reasonable minds can disagree on this one that Michael Malone should have handled this group different that he um, should have considered sitting everyone and resting up and get ready for the game against Toronto on Saturday, um, just considering the compressed schedule, four games and five nights, and it's been just a rough you know, couple weeks from a scheduling standpoint for Denver. Um, I, I, I can appreciate the thought, um, but from where I stand on it, when you're up 14 in the third quarter, was anyone talking about that? Like you had a chance to win. Um, my mindset is, has been mostly what Michael Malone's has been. Like if everyone's healthy, let's, let's play. Um, I do understand the opposing viewpoint of that, uh, that look, you need to, you know, approach these games with the end in mind. Uh, but again, I just don't think, uh, they went for it and they almost had it. They could have won that basketball game. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to like apologize for rolling out, you know, the big minute guys, the starters, um, it just was what it was. You were at home. You lost. Uh, it was a missed opportunity. Um, but it's okay. It's okay. You got a chance to bounce back uh, on Saturday against Toronto with a big game looming against Philly uh, right around the corner on Monday. Um, it, it, it 
the the schedule here um, it gets tougher. All right, I'll say that uh, it gets tougher. The Nuggets have taken care of business against a lot of the teams that they should have taken care of business against, but right around the corner here, you talk about uh, the the home game against Toronto, which feels low key important because after that you go to Philly who just got the doors blown off them uh, by Brooklyn on Thursday. Uh, then you travel to Washington. Then you travel to Cleveland. Then you have Boston at home, the Clippers at home, Phoenix at home. So the next, uh, call it uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, it's going to be a real test. And, of course, this is you know relevant because you've you got to stay above that play in uh, Mendoza line. And the team that's nipping at their heels is the Minnesota Timberwolves, who've won six in a row and eight of their last ten. Um, even the Clippers have uh, have won seven of their last ten. Um, and uh, uh, Dallas uh, has won seven of the last ten, who's right uh, ahead of the Nuggets. So uh, the teams in the Western Conference, uh, to the left and to the right of Denver, just continue to win. So this last two weeks has felt like really, really good uh, from a Nuggets perspective, and it should all right, but largely these other teams have been keeping pace with Denver, which of course uh, just increases the the importance of of those next seven opponents and you know trying to find a way to you know against quality opponents maybe go four and three, uh, maybe five and two would be best best case scenario. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Will Barton out of the lineup? We'll see if he comes back on Saturday against Toronto. Um, they need him back. They they do need him back following that uh, rolled ankle from about a week ago. Um, okay, um, quick note here, uh, Jamal Murray is not working out on the floor anymore prior to games. Um, could be as simple as he doesn't want uh, to be working out in front of, uh, uh, you know, 3,000 people uh, prior to a game. That could be simple as that. Maybe he's just upstairs in the practice facility. That is totally possible. Um, but I will tell you this, the lack of information combined with the uh, it's getting late early portion of the season. Guys, we're, we're, you know, I'm recording this on Friday, March 11th. We're approaching mid-March. Uh, you have, uh, let me see here, the Nuggets have played a 67 games. So you just have, um, let's do quick math, 15 games left, and we don't know anything. I just... Man, doubt is starting to creep in whether Jamal comes back this year at all. And that's just how I'm feeling today. I've gone back and forth on this thing uh, uh, repeatedly. And I I don't know if that's a clue or not, him not working out um, on the main floor. I I don't know if that is a clue, if it should be a clue. But I thought it was um, worth mentioning. And uh, something that, we, of course, we have our eye on it anyway. We'll continue to have our eye on it. Uh, Last thing here. Um, on the way out that I, I definitely wanted to mention uh, in this uh, miniature podcast ahead of the weekend is the MVP narrative is flipping uh, from uh, it's Embiid's to lose to this should go to Nikola Jokic. And I think signature voices weighing in on it actually have some sort of impact, some sort of influence. To which degree, I'm not sure. But when I hear Zach Lowe say uh, Jokic is his MVP, when I hear Be- uh, Bill Simmons um, say the MVP conversation is turning into a hoops IQ test, that of course it's Jokic's uh, 
uh, MVP right now, clearly. That's according to Simmons. When I hear Richard Jefferson, who just two, two three months ago had his head in his hands uh, on the set of ESPN, and Zach Lowe is simply um, uh, not, not, not campaigning, but he's saying, wait, he said this is dumb, the fact that Nikola Jokic's name doesn't get mentioned in the conversation, and Richard Jefferson like has his head in his hands and has Malika and, uh, uh, Andrews massaging his head to sort of you know um, uh, de-escalate him because he just can't handle hearing Nikola Jokic's name in the MVP conversation. And then we fast forward three months, and he's doing dedicated segments, bombastically talking about how it's Jokic's MVP to lose. That was quite an evolution, RJ, within a singular season. Um, when you hear all that type of stuff, Stan Van Gundy, who's on the call on Thursday night, you know, tweeting out before the game, Jokic is uh, top 10 in the league in points, rebound assists, win shares, on-off differential, all this stuff. He's clearly the MVP. All these basketball voices sounding off like this, I do think um, matter because human beings are the one casting the votes. So uh, Monday night against Joel Embiid, probably uh, that game probably will carry – um, too much importance that's not really representative of what the MVP award should be. Um, of course, that should be a collection of all 82 games. And But again, human beings voting on it. Human beings watching Philly and Denver on national TV on ESPN on Monday afternoon at 5.30 here uh, locally at Mountain Time, 7.30 on the East Coast. The whole basketball world is going to be watching that game. And um, if you want to be dismissive of it, oh, it's just one game, I'm telling you, it's not going to work like that. It's going to count for about seven games going head-to-head. Uh, so if you're super emotionally wrapped up into the MVP race, uh, fair or unfair, Monday night in Philadelphia on ESPN is going to be a big deal uh, for the Jokic uh, MVP campaign. So uh, we will see how uh, that all shakes out. It's still whole lot to figure out about this Nuggets team and little time to um, discover, you know, who they'll ultimately uh, be going into the playoffs. And can they hold on to that seed uh, right now in uh, the sixth spot? We're fixing to find out. So all good. They, they lost against Golden State. If they go and win against Toronto, we're going to say they had won 13 out of their last 15, which is still pretty damn good uh, heading into a tough stretch in the middle here of March. All right, guys, uh, thank you for being here with me. I hope you have a great weekend. I appreciate you uh, spending a part of your day with me here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Tell a friend, rate, subscribe, all that goes a really long way uh, for me personally. So thank you. And by the way, you know that whatever happens on Saturday against the Toronto Raptors, we'll be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help.